Amen. Thank you, Justin and Jordan. And by the way, Justin and Jordan, there's a big vat of coffee over there. Apparently, maybe you didn't get enough yet, right? Okay. Uh, good morning. How are you guys? And girls and ladies and kids. Everybody doing good? All right. Hey, I got to start out with a shout out to another crowd. I realized I had mentioned motorcycles and quads and even three-wheelers. And I forgot to find out where the four-wheel drive community is. Where are you guys? I know you're right back there. I know. They were giving me a hard time. They're like, we don't, we, the messages don't even relate to us. We don't even know what you're talking about, that kind of thing. So I just wanted to shout out say, you're my people too. For those of you who don't, I already told them, I have a 1973 Scout International. I mean, it doesn't get any more four-wheel drive than a four-wheel drive made by a tractor company. So there we go. So you are my people as well. Very good. Um, hey, are you guys, have you guys been enjoying the ride? I mean, both literally and metaphorically. Hopefully you're enjoying the ride. Hope you had an amazing time uh, both yesterday and the day before. And some of you are going to get a ride in today. And I hope that even Beaver Fleming uh, being here last night, I hope, I hope it's kind of sinking in about enjoying the ride. I mean, it's no, I mean, literally, we didn't talk about like, hey, use the scripture. Why don't you use the scripture? That kind of thing. So for him to pull out John 10, 10, <coughs> excuse me, uh, for him to pull out John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And I have come, Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. That was just a God thing that he pulled that out. And also uh, Matthew 16, 33, and uh, just just really, really cool stuff. So I hope you guys are, you know, I hope it's sinking in. What, what does this abundant life look like? How to enjoy the ride in the midst of hard things, in the midst of good things. Um, but uh, we all want to enjoy the ride. So I hope you really took to heart what Beaver said last night and even still kind of soaking it in. You know, he's talking about shifting gears and making that change. I mean, that was just awesome. Um, we're going to talk this morning about who do you ride with? That's a, an important question, not only when you're riding, but in life. Who do you ride with? And, and I started thinking about all the characters that I've, that I've ridden with. And, you know, there's, there's been the, you know, you, you, you always ride at the, the speed. Well, hopefully <laughs> you try to ride at the speed of the people that you surround yourself with. And that's, that's the same in life as well. But, you know, when you're riding, there's always that, um, you know, when I was younger, I just wanted to blast through this desert at 70 miles an hour all the time. It was just pinned. And then um, later, you know, I got older and, and a little more, you know, like aware of like, oh, I don't bounce back quite as fast. <laughs> and so I slowed down a little bit, but still I was going fast. And then my kids came along and they don't even know how to ride it, use a clutch yet. And I find myself like doing five miles an hour with one hand here, trying to grab their controls, trying to keep them upright and all that kind of stuff. And my, my riding, you know, speed at least went like, you know, so you ride with the, you ride to the level of the people that you're with. I think of some of the characters that I rode with. Um, there was one time when my, my, uh, my son said, hey, can my friend ride with us? And this was at Family Dirt. And I said, sure. Well, what I didn't know was he was riding a brand new China knockoff pit bike. Exactly. You know, if you know, you know, right? Right. Uh, and that was the first mistake. And he actually, and it had a clutch. He didn't even know how to ride the clutch. So the first part was like teaching him how to do the clutch in sand, which is always really fun. By the end of that ride, the muffler had fallen off the throttle. We had already pieced together and there was something else wrong with the bike. I, I don't remember, but it was the first ride, it was like, it was terrible. 
Um, so there's, you know, that, that newbie riding. You have to ride at their stage. You have to, you know, help them. You have to get off the bike all the time. You have to start it, that kind of thing. And then there's also those people that I've ridden with that are, like, really overconfident. You guys are probably ridden with those people that are like, got this. Got all my new gear. I'm good. Yeah, let's do it. Just, you know, they just blaze ahead, and you're like, oh, this is going to end very badly. You know, you just, you know it when they're just riding not only above their skill level, but sometimes even above the bike's level. I, I still remember one guy, staff's going to remember this. Um, this is before everybody showed up. This is years ago. And his name was Johnny. And he kind of knew how to ride a motorcycle, but um, he had already crashed one quad in the morning. And then we went on this long ride. I think we're in like Thule Wash. It's okay. This wash, at, the, at that point, the wash was 30, 40 feet wide. It was sand. There was nothing in the way. Okay. And he is blazing on this, I don't know, 19 something KLR 250. Yes, KLR, not KLX. <laughs> He's riding in a, a big, fat, heavy enduro with no power. And, and it's like 40 feet wide. And he is just, I mean, he's hauling. I'm on a KTM 525, and he's, like, trying to pass me. I'm like, oh, my goodness. At 40 feet wide, there's nothing in the way except for one boulder, probably about eight inches around. I mean, 40 feet, and that was the only thing. And he nailed that thing so square that it stopped that bike, and we, like, paced it off. We're pretty sure he flew, like, 20 feet before he actually landed, you know. And here's a crazy thing. At the end of the day, he'd already trashed a quad. He trashed a KLR 250. And at the end of the day, he's like, man, it's a nice KTM 525. Think I can give it a ride? Uh, no. No. The answer is no. Yeah. So, you know, there's the new people. There's the overconfident people. And then there's also the people that you ride with that just totally challenge you. I talked to you about my friend Brad, um, who, I mean, the guy's a maniac. He's a crazy man. And I, I learn from him when I ride. He challenges me. I'm like, I wouldn't have thought of going that direction. I wouldn't have thought of going up that hill or I can't get you, you know. And there's those people that you ride with that, man, it's like you got you to gotta step it up. You got to grab another gear. You got, wow, I wouldn't have, you know, ridden through this section so fast or whatever. So there's those people that... That also, when you ride with, they're in the lead and they challenge you, you know. And um, that's kind of like life. We surround ourselves with these people. And hopefully you surround yourself with people. Because on a spiritual end, we can't do life by ourselves. If you try, it's not good. Because when you're, when you're on your own, all kinds of things can happen. You've got to have those people. And, and we're going to talk about more about who those people are um, Years ago, we used to do a ride from uh, Hume Lake, if you guys have ever been to Hume Lake, and we would do it all the way to Shaver Lake, and it's all pretty much on uh, dirt roads. The last part is on asphalt, but the whole thing is pretty much on dirt roads. It's 85 miles each way. We'd spend the night in a cabin and come back, and it was a lot of fun to put on. Um, we ended up taking anywhere from 15 to 20 people, and they were all kinds of ranges of riders. And one of the things that we had to do was sometimes it was big enough that we had to break up into a couple groups. But when it was small enough that we were in one group, strategically, we had to, pe we had to put the people that knew how to ride, that they knew where they were going, they had the right equipment. We had to put them strategically inside the group. So, um, and, and you, you guys that have led rides, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You put somebody in the front right? That they, they've, got, um, they, they've got the map. They, they know where they're going. They're real familiar with the area. 
and you put somebody in the middle or a few people in the middle that know exactly what they're doing and everything. And then you put somebody in the back, obviously, that knows what they're doing. So those are the guides. And the, you know, the front person, obviously, their, their job is to, to keep the overconfident people from just <laughs> passing. I mean, I've been, I've been leading rides before and, and seen people pass me that don't even know where they're going. And like, they make a turn. I'm like, that's interesting. And we're going this way, you know? And so, you know, that leader, they're, they're, they're responsible for not only getting you there, but also for holding back some of those people that just, just want to take off, you know? And then those middle people, obviously they're, they're, they probably got the easiest job, but they're, they're, you know, they're making sure that everybody's already made the right turn. Sometimes you've been in the middle of a ride and you notice, oh, everybody in front of me is making the wrong turn. That's not good. <laughs> so then you try to guide them back. And then the, the back person, their job is to take those slow people, the, the people that, you know, they're not quite so confident, maybe it's a first ride or new or whatever, and push them and, and get them going so that they're not, you know, five hours behind the group. They're, they're only, you know, so many minutes behind the group. But their job is to keep those people, you know, moving on. And this is a lot like the whole metaphor of enjoying the ride is who are you surrounding yourself with? And I, I wanted to do this last because you guys are going to go home at the end of the day. Maybe some of you are staying extra day. I don't know. But, but you're going to be going home. And uh, very similar to like when we run camps at Hume Lake and everything, one of the only things that may be different when you go home is you. Because there may be things that you, you know, were able to get away from for a few days or, or whatever. Those circumstances probably haven't changed. But one thing hopefully has, hopefully your time out here, enjoying the ride, hearing some messages, um, hopefully God's been working on your heart a little bit. And you may be the only thing that changes going back into that scenario of those people that you surround yourself with. You may have the people that, that push you further, but you may have those people that slow you down, that kind of thing. And so that's the, that's the question today is, who are you surrounding yourself with? Um, hang on one second. Okay, um, like I said, we're not meant to do life alone. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, as iron sharpens iron, and one person, one man, sharpens another. And um, I love doing metalworking stuff. Um, I used to work for an off-road racer, and we fabricated, you know, most of the parts for the truck and that kind of thing. And that's that's one thing I, I absolutely love doing. I love fabricating stuff. I love creating parts. I love welding and that kind of thing. But if you know anything about iron sharpening iron, um, it, as you make parts, you've got to cut, you've got to grind, you got to use a torch. Sometimes it's like pretty brutal. I mean, you're just like, <sighs> you take a big piece of metal and you end up with this little teeny tiny thing, you know. And, and that's what it is with iron sharpening iron is we surround ourselves with people. Are we, are we challenging those people? Um, because it's, we, we have to have these people around us that both take those chunks of metal out of us and then we take it out of them, if you know what I mean. In other words, we're sharpening them and they're sharpening us because it's really easy on our own to get off track. Um, it's, you know, as we, as we tend to start doing life like on our own and pull back a little bit and we don't have those people that either we're discipling, that we're challenging or those people that are challenging us, that's when it's real easy, like we talked about in some of the first messages, it's easy for Satan and the world's message to step in and we go, oh, well, you know what, maybe that is okay for me. Maybe, maybe, okay, maybe that's not so bad, you know? Or, 
I mean, just looking at this once isn't going to be that bad, or just going down this path once isn't going to be that bad. When we don't surround ourselves with people like that, it's real easy for us to get off track. But we need to be surrounding ourselves, I think, with three kind of people. So we have those people that we do life with. So I would encourage you, if you're not plugged into a church, plug into a church. And hopefully that church has something like life groups or some kind of Bible study or, or something like that. But people that we do life with, and it may even, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a work scenario, maybe it's a school scenario, but people that are believers that, that are seeking after the same thing, the people that we do life with, this is kind of like the people that ride in the middle of the pack, right? You're, you're, you're riding, you're, you're doing life with people that have similarities and you got similar challenges, you got similar victories, those kind of things, but you're surrounding yourselves with people that you can do life with, that can encourage you on a daily basis and that you can encourage on a daily basis. So that's the, that's the one type of person, that's the first type of person is to surround yourselves with like-minded people. You may have found some like-minded people even out here that you didn't meet before. If you didn't and you love writing, let me tell you about a group of people that maybe very like-minded for you that are focused on Christ and serving Christ, and that is ruts. And you see all the blue hats right here, and their camp is right here. If you love being out here, get connected with ruts because they, they put on rides, what, every month? And they're in different places and that kind of thing, and they're like-minded people. That's what I'm talking about is people that, that are kind of going the same speed as you and, and can encourage you and you can be surrounded by them. So if that's you and you love the writing community and you want family and serving Christ and doing things like this, get connected with ruts. But beyond that, at your home, at your church, find a life group, find a Bible study, find something, find like-minded people. Okay. So, and then you've got uh, the people that challenge you. You also have to have the people you need to surround yourself with at least one person. It doesn't have to be like this crowd of people that are always challenging you, but have at least that one person in your life that asks you the hard questions. Because I've had times in my lives when there's nobody asking me the hard questions, and I'm just kind of going through the motions and everything like that. And I may get off track, or I may not get off track, but there's nobody asking me those hard questions. You gotta have somebody that's, that's, even just a phone call away. I've had, I've had people in that capacity in my life. I don't, I don't necessarily even live with them. I, I don't necessarily live in the same area as them, but I know they're a phone call away. And I can talk to them at any point. And they can call me at any point and say, how are you doing? Is everything all right? Where, where are you at in your walk with Christ? Where are you at in your marriage? Where are you at in all these other relationships and that kind of thing? So you have to have that person that's, that's pushing you and challenging you, kind of like being in the back of the pack and you got that guide in the back that's like, all right, you need to, yeah, we need to take these corners a little faster. Okay, all right, yeah, hey, you got it. All right, now let's push it just a little bit straight away. This is good, you know. Um, But having at least one person in your life that is on a consistent basis challenging you, not just like, hey, I've got this guy that I know way out here and we talk like every two years or something like that. But, um, But that person that has walked where you're going to walk. In other words, they've, they're, there may be a life stage ahead of you, whether that's age or kid-wise or career or whatever it is, but they've, they've kind of walked that path ahead of you. That doesn't mean that they know everything, but it also means that they probably made a lot of mistakes and you can learn from their mistakes. 
So first of all, having, having those people that your peers that you, um, that you do life with. Secondly, having at least one person that is challenging you. And then thirdly, having that, having, uh, people in your lives that you challenge. Okay. So now that think about you being the, the guide at the, the end of the pack and you're, you're pushing people, that kind of thing. Um, or maybe you're in the front of the pack and you're kind of the overconfident people. You're like, all right, okay, wait, just hold on, hold on. I mean, it's great that you want to go fast, but this isn't the section to go fast on yet. You know, that's coming later, that kind of thing. But somebody that you can challenge in God's word. And that may, be a, that may come from your church. That may come from your neighborhood. That may come from your school. That may come from um, your, your work. It may come from all kinds of different areas. But Find that person that, that you can challenge. Here's what I've noticed uh, in my life is that that's not always an official capacity. In other words, I don't walk up to somebody and go, I'm going to challenge you. You know, <laughs> it doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way, you know. Or rarely, and it has happened, but I've had, uh, rarely do I have somebody come up that goes, hey, can, can you be my mentor or something like that? Most of the time, this is an unofficial capacity. You kind of see that person. Here's how it works for me. I don't know how it works for you, but you see that person and you kind of go, and this may be a person in your family. It doesn't have to be like outside. But you see that person and you go, you know, I, I relate to that person. Either like that's kind of what I was when I was younger or that's just the stage of life I just came out of. Or you, you see that person and you make that, that little bit of connection and you keep bumping into them. You know, you, you, you get their phone number, you, you call them or you text them and slowly develop that kind of a mentor-discipling relationship. But if you just kind of just don't make anything happen, it doesn't happen. So I would encourage you to, to, find, to find that person. And again, it doesn't have to be a dozen people. If you find that one person and you go, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start asking them. I'm going to ask them questions and maybe I'll ask some harder questions and that kind of thing and get to know them and be steering them towards Christ. You know, in, in all of this, we've got, we've got the people that, like we said, the people we do life with, the people that uh, challenge us, and the people that we challenge. And in this, what you got to know is people are following you. Matthew five sixteen. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father in heaven. See, we're, we're reflecting something. And like we've talked about uh, in the last couple uh, messages, we're reflecting something. We can reflect the world and its messaging if that's what's in our head and what's on our GPS, and, and that's the direction that we're going. We're probably going to be, so to these, this group of people, we're probably going to be reflecting the world, and that's not a great message. So what are we reflecting? You know, going back to the messages, are we, are we abiding? Are we communicating with Christ? Are we spending time in God's word? Because then our message, the thing that we're reflecting to these people is going to be God's truth. And that's what we want to be doing. I want to end with uh, a, a quick story. And that is uh, a story from our first dirt experience out there. <clears throat> now, um, it was brand new to us. We brought out a whole bunch of stuff. And we're trying to make it happen. And we're thinking like, I don't know, maybe 50 people will show up or something like that. And like, 225 people showed up and it was it was awesome. I mean, we're we're out in the park and we just had a great time. 
Uh, Rich Baker, I remember, was our speaker. He's a Hume staff. I still remember, for some reason, I remember his messages were all about leaving tracks. What are the tracks that you leave behind? And um, he came to the, the night where he was doing the salvation message. And that's very important to us as Hume, as Hume staff, because the reason that we do these things, whether it's this retreat or a fisherman's or a marriage retreat or uh, you know, all the other retreats and the youth camps, we do this to share the gospel. <clears throat> and that's in our mission statement. And that's, that's, what, that's what Hume Lake does. We really feel like, hey, it's our responsibility to share the gospel. And then it's, it's up to the Lord who responds. If, if somebody responds, great. If nobody responds, that's great. Because we've done what God has called us to do, and that is to share the gospel, encourage people in their, their walk with Christ. And so uh, Rich gives a gospel presentation. And I know it's first dirt. All the staff are in the back who are like, this is going to be awesome. People are going to raise their hands and all this kind of stuff. And it didn't happen, you know. And nobody accepted Christ. And we're like, okay, all right, that's fine. You know, we're, 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 we're doing what we're supposed to do. We're sharing the gospel. It's really up to God who he works on in his heart. And we're like, that's okay. The gospel went out and we know it's, it's going to plant seeds and it's going to move on, you know. But inside, I think all of us were like, oh, darn this is a lot of work. We were hoping, you know, to, to see people come to know Christ right away, you know, this instant gratification, and it didn't happen that night. And that was totally fine. And then um, we pack everything up, as we're going to be doing here in just a little bit on Sunday, and we headed out, and uh, traditionally we'll stop on uh, Bob Hope Drive in Palm Desert at In-N-Out, and uh, we get lunch there and that kind of thing. And so uh, we're at In-N-Out, and I get a call from a guy that I had developed a friendship with uh, just over that dirt, and um, he goes, hey, Chuck, I, I, just had to, I just had to call you because I just want to let you know what just went on. And I'm like, uh-oh, you know, and he goes, hey, we're, we're driving home, and uh, I remember he said, we're driving home in the Suburban, we're towing stuff and everything, and one of the guys just kept asking question after question after question about Rich's message, about the tracks that you leave and the gospel presentation and everything. And finally this guy goes, I, I'm pretty sure we need to pull over and you need to accept Christ. And the guy goes, absolutely. <laughs> so their whole caravan as they're going home finds a way to pull over with all this stuff just so they can stop so the guy in the suburban can receive Christ because of the message that he heard. And it was, I mean, I remember, yeah, absolutely. I remember being in in and out <clears throat> I'm not getting choked up. I really have something in my throat that's not going away. Uh, <clears throat> but I remember being in in and out and in in and out <laughs> telling all these guys loud enough that everybody heard, you know, that, hey, somebody just received Christ because of the message that went out. And that's awesome. And that story, I don't tell that story to, to, to beef up Hume Lake or us or the staff or anything like that. I tell that story to enforce what those guys did. See, what these guys did is they brought somebody with them that didn't know Christ to an event that they didn't even know what it was. But this, this guy was like, I want to ride. I want to ride in the desert. I want to ride in the desert really, really bad. And instead, he got the gospel and he got eternal life through it. And it's because of the boldness of those guys to not just bring all their safe friends, but they took somebody that they were challenging and pushing. And they knew this guy, hey, he, he needs a little bit more. And we're going to bring him riding, but he's going to get a little bit more. 
And kudos to those guys for bringing that guy in an environment where he could hear the gospel and be challenged. So that's my, that's my challenge to you guys is, who are, you, who are you doing life with? Are you surrounding yourself with good people? Who's challenging you? Is there at least one person in your life that, that, that's challenging you, that's asking the hard questions? That Are you on track? What are you listening to? What, what's being communicated? And then thirdly, who are those people in your life that you're challenging, that you're discipling? And if you don't have any, you need to go find them. Okay, so it's really easy for us to do life and go, that person's going to take too much time for me. I don't have time for that. That may be a relative, that may be a coworker, that may be a family member. I don't know. But find that person that you can challenge. And, and, and here's my extra challenge on top of that. We do, and now it's now Dirt is all family. So we're going to be back here next February. We're going to be in Ridgecrest in November. Same, if you haven't been, same kind of platform, different riding area. It's awesome. So my challenge to you is like those men that first dirt, next time that you come to dirt, and we really want you to come back to dirt, bring another family with you. And this isn't about numbers or money or anything like that. This is about challenging somebody. But even right now, you've got months to think about it and months to be talking about it because I I, I grew up riding just like a lot of you did. And, And you know, the reason that we do dirt is because we went, you know, people ride with, with a lot of unsaved, unbelieving people that would never step into church. they never go to a retreat at a camp, and that's why we do this out here. So you've got months to start praying for that person, start talking to that person, that family or whatever. But let me encourage you, next dirt, show up and bring somebody else. And if that means paying for them, Find a way to pay for it or find somebody to pay for it or whatever. But get them out here because one thing that you'll guarantee is we're going we're gonna to be talking through God's word and we're going to be sharing the gospel. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of a softball. Like you guys do your work and you bring somebody and we'll do our work and have a speaker that challenges them and gives them opportunity to receive Christ and those kind of things. So deal? You guys do your work? We'll do our work? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so be thinking about, hey, we want you to come back, but we want you to bring other people. We want you to bring those people that, um, that maybe they're on the fringes. Maybe they used to go to church. I don't know. I don't know. You know who that is in your life. You got an opportunity now to start praying for them, start thinking about them, start asking some of those questions, start asking, hey, would you be interested in coming? Those kind of things. So, hey, you guys have been absolutely amazing. I know Justin's got uh, some, oh, actually, not only closing announcements, but he's got raffles and all kinds of stuff to do. But Um, Let me pray for you guys, and uh, then Justin's coming up. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this amazing clear weather that you've given us to enjoy riding in the desert so much. Lord, I, I, I pray for us as we go out and enjoy the ride, because that involves, um, it involves tough stuff, and it involves uh, hard things that a lot of us are going back to. God, I pray that you would you would just help us have that abundant life. Help us to keep focused on you. Help us to abide. Help us to stay connected to you in this distracted, very noisy world that we live in that would love to pull us away, God. Lord, bring us close to you and keep us close to you. And Lord, I I pray just this challenge of, Lord, help us to bring people out here that don't know you. Help us to bring people that just want to come and ride and eat, and instead they get filled up with you, Lord. 
I thank you so much for each person in this crowd and who they represent. Lord, I pray that you would give them strength as they go back to their homes, their lives, their schools, that you would just do awesome things through each one of these people that are reflecting you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.